What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 56 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Stay hydrated with body armor. Combo Nation, we are out here. Shouts to everyone hooping in their Combo Nation socks. I see you. Today's show, Zach Harper from The Athletic joins in for episode 56. You could also catch Zach on Sirius XM NBA Radio, Count the Dings podcast, and you could follow him on IG and Twitter at Talk Hoops. We discuss a lot of different topics on this episode, some really great ones like Ty Jerome's NBA potential, player polls, and the possibility of a four-point shot, and a lot more. You know you could catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E, T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca on the track. Zach Harper of the Athletic. Welcome to Combo's Course. Hey, thanks doing? for having me. How you feeling today? Oh man, uh, today was a was a testing day, but uh, but I made it through. So uh, so you know you move on. But I, I long story short, I blew out a tire on my way to a, a radio gig, um, and, and then had to deal with the tire afterwards, and it was a whole debacle. Did but you, did you make the show? Oh, I, mean, I made the show, but I had to abandon my car, and then when I came back to it, just getting a getting a new tire was way more complicated than you would think getting a, a new tire would be. Like it took me a good four hours to to get my my car towed to a place that would have a tire and then they had to order a tire and they, I, it's still not fixed but my car is at least somewhere that's not abandoned do you know about cars because the thing with me is when, when something happens to my car it's pretty much over because i don't know much well I, I know enough i didn't know enough to know that like i had leased a car like a little over a year ago like i had leased a new car a little over a year ago and never had a problem with it didn't know I had run flat tires, which then meant I didn't know that I didn't have a spare tire in my trunk. Oh. So that was that whole part was a debacle. And then apparently finding a run flat tire to replace it with um, is not as easy as you would think. Well, I'm glad you made it to the radio show and I'm glad you made it right here to the podcast. Um, let's start with this. You know, you podcast and you do radio. Yeah. Um, what is there a different mentality or approach that you bring to a podcast? in comparison to a radio show um there is like there's a different energy and there's a different you know kind of structure for the most part but i try to bring how i am on a podcast to radio more than i try to bring how i am on radio to a podcast if that makes sense like i to me um i don't i don't know if you or or your listeners are familiar with like or that familiar with the, the dan levitard show but to me dan levitard show is perfect radio because it's they're perfect like sports talk radio because you get information, you get the main stories, you get to make fun of those stories uh, when it's applicable and no one takes themselves too seriously. And it's very relaxed and very free free flowing. Uh, And that's not how most radio is, right? Most radio is very structured. Uh, And so early on in my podcasting career, I was doing it at, at CBS and they wanted it very structured. And I, and I fought them on that all the time because my point was, look, like we can talk about however we want, you know, whatever we want for 
um, for a determined amount of time. But what we shouldn't do is like, all right, Andrew, next four minutes, we're going to talk about the injuries around the league because that's not how you and I would talk if we were out having having drinks, right? Like it would, it wouldn't be like, all right, Andrew, next four minutes, what injuries are you thinking about? Right. Like that's not what, that's not how we, that's not how people talk to each other. So I just believe in like bringing an actual conversation into the mix rather than like trying to fit a format that I think has become more and more outdated. Right. Is it on the radio? Do you ever get into like a conversational flow or is it always structured? Yeah, I mean, so I do satellite radio, so it's less, you know, it's less structured. There's more flexibility with, um, with when you can take a break and all this stuff. So, uh, and you can double up breaks to where um, you get longer segments, which I, I think is a good thing because you do get into a conversational flow. Um, so I think that helps it. If I had to do like regular terrestrial radio, I probably would struggle a lot more with it than, than right. I do. But, uh, but yeah, like I think with, with satellite radio, like, yeah, you get, uh, you get that chance to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Right. Let's, let's start with LeBron, man. There's this narrative that, uh, People don't want to play with him. You know, even Giannis, it's been reported that he don't even want to play with him on Space Jam. So, <laughs> so do, do you believe this is really like a real thing or it's just a narrative? I think I mean, I think there's truth to it. Like, I don't think playing with LeBron is for everybody. Right. Like, right, I, right. you know, what Kevin, what Kevin Durant said was real. Like, uh, you know, I can say that as like a member of the media who's covered LeBron games and covered LeBron in a season a little bit like um like it's toxic. It, it's toxic in a way. Like it's not intentionally toxic. Something I don't. Like I, I would. I wouldn't go that far to say it's toxic. I th- well. I think it's toxic in the way that like it is. It is designed to not let you just be about basketball in a way that playing with other stars. It's not nearly to that level, right? Like, okay. Maybe to- maybe toxic isn't the right word. Maybe um, maybe intense, right? It's right, intense right. in a way that it's not with any any other player in the league. It doesn't matter how good that player is. There isn't another player in the league where it is as intense or even half as intense. I guess, like I guess heavy would be the right word. It's heavy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's yeah. really heavy. Like yeah. it's really heavy. And so like, I, I, if you, if you're like, man, all right, I'm not certain that I'm going to win a title playing with LeBron and man, I don't really want that media circus around me because I don't want that distraction around me. I want it to be about basketball. Like I get that. Like I, and I don't think that makes it about LeBron. I think it just makes it about, the ecosystem of the NBA with LeBron, if that makes sense. Like, I do think there's a difference. Like, I don't think they're looking at LeBron saying, oh, that guy's going to, that guy's going to make my life hell. Uh, right. Or, oh, that guy's right. like good enough to play next to like everyone res- respects LeBron in the league. Everyone thinks he's great. Everyone thinks he's one of the greatest of all time. It's just, uh, you know, he is also, and he's a willing what, passer. So it can't be that bad, you know, willing. Yeah. It's yeah. It's willing passer. You know, you're going to get shots. You know, you're going to get that pass right to the shooter pocket. Like, you know, it's it's going to it's going to be easy, but it's also tougher at the same time. So, like, I think it takes the right the right player to want to play with them it, just mentally in yeah. terms of what they're willing to deal with. And I, and I think now, especially that it's in L.A., it's, uh, you know, it, all that stuff that was happening before it's magnified because it's just more media. Yeah. I mean, let's stay in L.A., man. Magic, ma- magic, magic, magic. What, what was your initial reaction and, and what, what do you think is next for the Lakers? I thought I thought every reporter got hacked. That was my initial <laughs> reaction. I was like, man, I knew Magic wasn't loving it, but I didn't think it was that. And I had read the like, you know, Bill Orr, my my colleague at the Athletic, had written a really good feature on like, you know, look, you know, Magic is kind of an absentee president, and he's you know not really putting in the work the way you would you would think a president would of basketball operations. And and so I had read that, and then like later that day, I think. Um, you know, magic steps down. And I, and I remember at the time thinking like, 
well, I hope I hope he's healthy, right? Like I hope this isn't a health related thing. And then when he when he when, when then the next thing that coming out is like, oh, Jeannie doesn't know. That's when I was like, what is ha-? like? That is when my mind was blown. Like I, I was already shocked when when he's when it was announced that he stepped down. But then once once he had said that like he hadn't told Jeannie Bus yet. Then I thought, like, okay, this is the craziness that the Lakers have been bringing upon themselves all season long, and it is just one more thing of, man, that that place has become so dysfunctional. And maybe they were always dysfunctional, but they just had enough talent to overcome it. But I mean, they the Lakers, the Lakers used to have a mystique about them, right? Like the Lakers used to have this aura of like, man, it's the Lakers. Yeah. Like we hate them. Oh my God, they're always going to win. Oh, it's so unfair. This league is so built for the Lakers and, and to pump them up. And in reality, like I think it was just Dr. Jerry Buss knew how to run an organization better than anybody else. And he had the, he had the, you know, the kind of glitz and glamour of being a Laker and, and he could sell that and he could make that lifestyle work. But what it just shows like, once ownership and in, in the structure at the top is not sound in how they approach it, man, you're just any other franchise. Yeah, do you feel like, you know, the Knicks are down right now, the Lakers are pretty much down right now. Do you feel social media changed everything where, like, you really don't have to be in a big market, the attention isn't really in the big markets, and it kind of all spread out? Yeah, I mean, I think to a certain extent I agree with that. Like, I don't think – I never thought it was about markets as much as as people talked about, right? Like, I've always thought it's about ownership because the Clippers were in the same market as the Lakers for decades. And they yeah, that's true. Were, and they were a joke, right? But, 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 they had, but, the they big, had the, but, like, the Celtics, the Sixers, you know, the Knicks even at one time were all really good teams. The Lakers. Yeah, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think – like I think the difference, is like all right, the Knicks once once James Dolan took over, then it was yeah. it became pretty evident. Like that since over the last eighteen years, by the way, the Knicks have the lowest winning percentage in the NBA. That's true. That's right? true. That, that like, was a bad example. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 But no. But it's a good example too yeah. because like think about the Bulls. The right. Bulls we thought were a great organization. All they did was win championships. Why? Michael Jordan take away the greatest player of all time. Oh, the Bulls are a joke. Like yeah. they are like when and Scotty like, and Scotty, but yeah, yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Take yeah. yeah, but like all that together, right? Like you take away Scotty, take away Mike, you take away Phil when Phil had his you know marbles about him and everything. Like you take away the you know Hall of Famer like Dennis Rodman, all that stuff, and it's just another franchise with an owner who's not willing to spend and not willing to put the right people at the top. And and you know yeah, they can have a nice little run when they 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 get lucky and, and draft Derrick Rose and they build a nice little team around it but they still couldn't get past LeBron and then once that falls apart because of a knee injury they're back to being a joke so i just i think it's i think social media has empowered social media and the internet overall i think has empowered players to not feel like they need to be in big markets to be big stars but i i still think it was almost always about ownership aside from a few outliers here and there Right. You mentioned Jordan, uh, the greatest two guard to ever live. It's, it's, that's pretty much unanimously thought by pretty much everybody. D. Wade had his last game. So, yeah, this is, this is how I look at it as the greatest two guards of all time. And I wanted to see how you look at it. I, I got Jordan, Jerry West, Kobe, and then D. Wade. I think I would put Kobe above Jerry. Oh, that's um, close, though. That's close. It's close. And, and here's the thing. Like, I actually think Dwayne Wade's peak – is better than than Jerry's peak, and it's better than than Kobe's peak. Like I think the that best Shaq of, year that we won, he won with Shaq. Yeah, I mean that yeah. like that. Oh, oh, basically, it was his second year to like his fourth year. Uh, well, no, even even extended like fifth, sixth year. Um, I think his peak then 
was better than the peak of Kobe, right. better than the peak of Jerry. But that sustainability and that longevity has to account for something. So definitely. Though, so uh, you know, and Dwayne sacrificed stuff when LeBron came, and he had knee injuries, and you know, obviously some of that hurt. But I think for the most part, like I take his peak over theirs, but I would take their careers over his. Right. I would take Larry Bird's peak over a lot of people too. Oh, I'd take Larry Bird's peak over just about everyone not named LeBron, Shaq, or you know, Kareem. And, I and might Mike. have him. I might have him over Shaq. I might. I see. I still think like I know Shaq never quite brought it the way we always wanted to bring it, and I think we, I think subconsciously or maybe even you know right in the forefront, like right. we we hold that against him. But man, I, and maybe I'm just like maybe I'm just biased because of growing up with Shaq coming into the league and being that dominant player and just being this guy I had never seen before. But to me, I still think like we criminally undervalue what Shaq was because he didn't get to where we thought he would he was going to go right but you still look at his career like he, like they change like anytime a league has to change rules to make it more fair to play against right. you i'm going to pump you up a little bit more right i guess kareem had that effect Wilt had that effect and absolutely uh, yeah they yeah. took away dunking right like they yeah. were just like all right no more dunking like these two these two guys are way too good like yeah. that kind of stuff just matters to me okay so so let's take it to the player polls man what did you learn from them um i learned that I, th- I think I learned that uh, that players still don't totally take even anonymous polling seriously. <laughs> uh, we saw that. We've seen that with player voting awards, and we've seen that with, you know, all-star voting amongst the players. Uh, but I, I think it's interesting how much the players respect what James Harden's doing versus respecting what Giannis is doing. And I, and I think that – I think James Harden, if you think he's the MVP – I'm with you. If you think Giannis is an MVP, I'm with you. I can like, agree I do, with that. I can agree yeah, with like, that. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think there is a wrong pick between those two. It, it might just come down to personal preference or do you think the peak of James Harden during the season was more than the consistency of, of Giannis or vice versa? Like I get all that. But I really thought that the players were going to hold James Harden and his style and his you know hunting fouls and stuff against him and stuff like that. And he, he ended up winning that polls MVP uh, and granted it's not the whole league, but it was about a quarter of the, of the league. And uh, that surprised me because I, I expected them to put Giannis above him. Right. They had Draymond as uh, one of the most, Oh, I think they had Russ and Draymond uh, as overrated players. Draymond. I was not surprised about Russ. I was surprised about with that. So what do you feel that Draymond is the underrated overrated or just right in public perception? I- I, I mean, I think I, in terms of public perception, I think a lot of people are kind of dumb about him just because I don't think they understand how important it is what he does and what he sacrifices and how good he is. Draymond could be a guy that's like, man, I want the ball more. Like, this yeah. is crap. I want to shoot. I want to score. Like, I want to put up 20 a game. He could absolutely do that, and he doesn't. Um, I don't and I don't think he would be a good scorer, but guys a lot worse than him at, hit, at that you know, aspect before I've been like, give me the ball and get out of the way. Right. Um, I think he is kind of a perfect role player for everything that the Warriors want to do. And I don't think it's just, Oh, he's on the Warriors. So he's good at this. I think he would improve literally every team in the NBA. I like, I just think he's that kind of a guy um, on I, both. ends. It, of the floor. it would be interesting to see him on another team. I think that would like solidify how good he actually is. Like if we saw him on another team, you know, absolutely. Which, Hey, in a couple of years we might, cause I don't know if they want to pay him the money that, they, that he's going to demand because you know, that he is going to, he is going to be a guy who I'm not sure how he ages in terms of if you're going to give him big money, is he going to age well into that big money? Like, I don't think he will, but over the next couple of years, man, I think you put him on any team in the NBA and he, and he improves them drastically. Right. Let's take it to the East man, the Celtics. Do you feel there's any chance 
for a deep playoff run for the Celtics? I do, just because I think I think they're annoying enough to where they'll make all of this hand wringing over the regular season look foolish. Like right. I, the the talent's there. Like right. I mean, the talent is even with Marcus Smart hurt. Like for the first couple rounds, like the talent is there, and they can they can get by, and they can be better than all of those teams in the East. It's just man, chemistry and not liking the guys you play with. Man, that stuff matters, and it's not it's not even like. It's not even after. Losses. Do we really like, know? Do we really know if they dislike each other? I'm, I'm not sure yeah. about that. Oh yeah. Oh, no, no, no. We know. We know they dislike each other. I, okay. We know there are certain guys in there that that don't like it even after wins. Right. Like they're like, man, this sucks. I'm not getting my shots. This guy getting my shots is not fair, man. This yeah. coach is favoring favoring him or what? You know, like that stuff's there. It's not to a level of like where they're going to come to blows in the locker room over this stuff, but it is like it's, so a it's very ba- petty. Bas- it's like basketball problems, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's like I don't think there's a gambling debt or anything like that. I don't think anyone's <laughs> sleeping with anyone's girl, or at least that I know of, or they know of. But like, but I think it's yeah. I think it's I think it's guys that like Amin El Hassan, like, you know, was a, a colleague of mine and, and a friend of mine. Like, puts it perfectly where he says, last year when all those injuries happened, all those young guys got a chance to step up, and they took them to the Eastern Conference Finals, Game Seven, of the Eastern Conference Finals. Right? Those guys were flying first class. And then Kyrie comes back and Gordon Hayward comes back. And now all of a sudden those guys are flying in coach, wondering why they're not in first class anymore. Yeah, when you're young, I mean, you know, you go through phases of your career. And I think when you're, when you're young, you want to prove yourself as an individual first. Absolutely, yeah. You know? And also, Gordon is showing flashes. So that could be huge for them if he could come into shape in the playoffs. Yeah, he's been really good, at, you know, the last like month, month and a half. And that's what they need because they, they do, they're going to give him the ball regardless if he's good or not, right? Coming off the bench, starting doesn't matter. They're going to give him the ball and say, please go be Gordon Hayward and be good for us. Um, it's just when he's not, man, they don't really seem to have another counter. So they, they definitely need him to be what he's been lately. Did you see the NCAA tournament? Were you paying attention to the end? Yeah, I did. Absolutely. Okay. How do you feel, you know, a New York product? How do you feel Ty Jerome's game would translate in the NBA? Man, I like him. Like, I, I think he's a little – I think he's a little undersized just from a strength standpoint. Right. Um, but I do think he's also one of those guys where you, it, it's – you don't even care where, where his position is, right? Like, you just throw him on the floor, and I think he makes dudes better because, you know, he can shoot. He can, he can attack. Uh, he has such poise when he attacks. Like, he, he gets guys the ball. He gets guys the ball in the right spots. Um, you know, defensively, I don't know what he would, I don't know how he would fare at the NBA level, but he clearly can work within a defensive system. So I think as a team defender, I think he'd be okay. And then you, you know, you throw a little weight on him, you throw a little strength on him. Like, you know, I think he'd be solid, but like, he looks like a guy where like, as like a third or fourth guard in a rotation, like, I'm just like, man, give me that guy on my team. Like, I think he can play. Yeah. He gets this, you know, one thing I really look at when I'm looking at somebody who can shoot the ball, he gets it off easily, which, which might yeah. really help him really it's quick. So, really it's easy. so effortless. Yeah. And that, and I'm with you. Like it, it, I never care if like, I never care at the college level necessarily if you're hitting threes right. or not. Like, like Bradley Beal didn't shoot a good percentage at Florida, right? right? But that, but the shot looks so effortless and it looks so easy that you could easily project like, all right, going to the NBA, like he's going to be able to shoot with a little more space, right? You know, Luca. Uh, it looks like he'll be a franchise player. Trey, I think will be a, you know, will be a multiple All Star player. Is there one rookie besides those two that you really think? will prove themselves over the next few years and just for their career? Like, who stands out to you besides the two obvious guys? Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was my favorite big man in the, going into, into the draft class. And after the first year, I feel even stronger about that. Like, I, what I love about Jaron Jackson is 
is I think is the way he blocks shots and the way he contests shots because it's not it's not like some guys are just freak athletes. They go up, they can you know touch the top of the box, they can block anything in the air, and and they'll just go chase blocks, right? Like he doesn't do it. Like he blocks shots as they come out of the shooting hand, right? Like, and that's just like his timing, his timing, and his sense of where to be on the floor is incredible. And you know you don't get to see a lot of that one because the season was cut short, but two because the Grizzlies team was a disaster in so many aspects but right. like, you know he can shoot the ball he can move the ball he's good at dribble handoffs like he could be a better rebounder and i think that's always going to be something that we're like man he only ravages seven eight rebounds like what the hell you're you're a big man you're supposed to be better at that but i think he can score around the hoop like he can hit shots yeah um i think he's good in the pick and roll he's definitely good in the pick and pop and then defensively like i think he'll be a defensive player of the year candidate for 10 years like i just think he'll always be in the mix with that and and so for me like I love Luca. I love Trey. I think they're by far the two best rookies in the in the class, and I don't think like that's obviously not a, a weak limb to go stand on. But yeah, I, but, I've, but I definitely think like I don't think it's close. Like I think he's, I think JJ's the or easily the third best player. Look, you take a guy that can run the floor, and now he's showing he can hit threes, protect the rim. You can't really go wrong with that. I, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, especially in today's NBA. 100. percent Look, man, I, I heard this. I haven't really heard a lot of people talking about it, but Adam Silver in an interview said, you know, he spoke to uh, adding a four-point shot, I think, to the All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken. Could you see an actual four-point shot? Like, would you think it would be implemented by that by 100 years from now? If we, if we made it that shots beyond half court are worth four points. That'd be cool. I'm, I'm, yeah, like, I could be like, all right, I get that. Like, that make, like that makes sense. I don't want another line on the floor. I don't want the big three, you know, here's a circle to stand on and you <laughs> that's, shoot that. That's that's like, a, that's, that's, yeah, that's like Rock and Jock, remember that? Exactly. I love Rock and Jock, but that's only if, like, Bill Bellamy and Dan Cortez are, are playing against each other. Like, I don't need that when Steph's on the floor, right? Like, if right. you want to throw into the All-Star game, if you want to throw into the G League to test that out, like, I'm good with that, but I – you know, I love the three-point shot. I, I like to shoot. Like, I like to shoot from deep. I'm, like, you know, that, that's, like, that is my style of basketball. And so I, I'm into it. But I do get the idea where someone like Greg Popovich says, that's kind of gimmicky, right? Like, the three-point right. shot's kind of gimmicky. And we see, that, we see that gimmick or that loophole kind of being tested more and more in today's NBA, which I'm cool with. But then to add another gimmick to it, which would be the four-point shot, in big games, I just don't know if I love that as much. As I, like, I, w- I would rather see them go to a FIBA style of uh, the baskets live once it hits the rim, right? I would but rather see the that. The only thing with that is you got so many athletes, it might, take, it might take off scoring. You know, it might take down scoring. It might. It also, it also might make the most incredible tip dunks we've ever seen happen. So, I, you know, I think if we're trying to find ways to promote – uh, plays at the rim, which I think eventually they will because, you know, because it's become such a three-point heavy league. I think that's the way to do it. But, yeah, four-point shot, beyond half court, sure, but, like, I don't need another arc, you know? <laughs> right. So so let's let's end with this, man. You know, you have money on the line. Who you have? The Warriors or the field and why? Oh, give me the Warriors. I mean, I, like, <laughs> my favorite my favorite way of putting this is, also comes from my buddy Amin, uh, where it's, it's, all right, look what happened for the, for the Warriors to – lose the 2016 finals right? right Harrison Barnes goes crazy cold Draymond Green gets suspended uh you know Steph Curry had the injuries uh you know slipping on Donatus Motiunas's back sweat right um, you know uh Andre Iguodala gets banged up um Sean Livingston's a little banged up LeBron hit LeBron blocks the shot Kyrie Irving hits the shot Kevin Love uh stops Steph Curry on the final position all that stuff happened 
Now take Harrison Barnes out of it and put Kevin Durant. <laughs> right? And then yeah. and, and then since then, remove remove Zaza Pachulia now. And you know, they they put in Zaza after Bogut. Now remove Zaza and you got DeMarcus Cousins. I just don't see where the firepower comes and from. And they like, added and they added Bogut. And they added, yeah, they brought Bogut back to set, set some illegal screens. Like, you know, like I just like all those things happen. I get it, man. Like there's a vulnerability. There's blood in the water. Katie might leave all that stuff. I get it. If you want to believe the Warriors are vulnerable and, and capable of losing the files, I go ahead. I'm not going to say like you're an idiot or anything. I'm just going to put my money on the Warriors on Steph, yeah. KD, Clay, Dre, and Demarcus to win that thing. Yeah, they tried to make it a narrative that like you know Draymond might explode and lose and lose this year. You know that's always like the thing that could right. Be. Yeah, and you know what he might, but I still think they're going to be fine. Right. Right, Zach, man, great stuff, man. Uh, you're always welcome back on the show. Tell us where we could find you. Uh, theathletic.com is not just where my writing is, but our, our podcast company, Count the Dings, just moved over there this week. Uh, so you can check out the Daily Ding, which is a recap show from the night before. Um, and we have Basketball Buds, which is a fun, like, cultural basketball discussion uh, on there. Plus, Nerdish, she wrote, if you want to nerd out with some more X's and O's and analytics stuff, we have that show on there as well. And then, uh, you know, you can find me on SiriusXM NBA uh, three days a week during the middle of the day. And my nonsense, you don't want to follow my Twitter at Talk Hoops, but uh, <laughs> unless you like, uh, you know, a lot of Nick Cage discussion. <laughs> Very dope. Thanks for being here. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Anytime. Combos Court Podcast, episode 56 is in the books. Big shouts to Zach for joining in. We appreciate you. It would mean the world to me if you let me know how you feel about this episode right on the comment section of your Apple Podcast app. Leave a five-star rating and punch down on that subscribe button as well. Be on the lookout for episode 57. Combo out.